0: Over the wall podcast, hadn't touched base in NFL in a couple weeks, been doing mainly college football, just hadn't had the time to be honest with you, but man, so many topics on and off the field with the NFL, um, Saints had a little hiccup a couple of weeks ago, we'll touch base on the Saints, and like I said, so many topics, um, Colin Kaepernick, Miles Garrett situation, and just a lot of good football going on, so we'll dive right into it. The past couple years, a huge topic has been Colin Kaepernick, and it's been a very, very polarizing topic, um, very, very argumentative, very political, and he had a workout this Saturday, which brings up more emotions, more arguments. Um, I have a stance on it, or not necessarily a stance, but an opinion. I'm definitely not a guy who goes like, either right or left and, and stays there. I'm really, really in the middle socially. Um, I understand the frustration of Colin Kaepernick not being able to play, even though I think he had a lot of missteps along the way that led to this right, wrong, or indifferent. I think a reason for him not playing and I can draw this to a certain extent to like the the Tim Tebow craze is that he has this this really this cult following, and that you could think, since he has such a, a, a good backing of people, of followers, that, that helps him. But in, in a sense of getting a job in the NFL, that is actually hurting him. And I'll explain. If Colin Kaepernick were Lamar Jackson right now, who's killing the NFL, or he was Russell Wilson, this would not be an issue because the NFL, and just a job in general... Does your problems outweigh your talent? And right now, not necessarily it's a problem. Colin Kaepernick wouldn't necessarily be a problem. But it's the people following and the noise that will surround him. He's not good enough right now to take that on. Let's put yourself in a GM shoes or a head coach's shoes and or an owner's shoes. And let's say... Since he had the workout in Atlanta, I'm going to put the Falcons in this situation. So let's say the Falcons are like, hey, you know, we saw him in uh, Atlanta this weekend. Let's take him on. We, we liked him. We thought he, he looked pretty good. Okay, great. Here's what's going to happen, and here's why people are balking at taking him on is that you know he has a huge following. And you have to understand, within his following, I guarantee you, More than 50%, I would say 75% of these people, really aren't football people, aren't sports people. It's more political. It's more racial. So they don't know the nuances of the game. They haven't been watching or studying. And let's say Matt Ryan has a bad half of football, right? Throws a pig, just not looking good. They're losing. You know what's going to happen. The people are going to take to Twitter or gonna take to any type of a social media platform and, and and scream for Colin Kaepernick. You know what's gonna happen. They lose a game. Matt Ryan doesn't look good. And like I said, I'm just throwing Matt Ryan out there just to to give an example. Everybody's gonna ask about Colin Kaepernick. Why isn't he playing? You know, um, it's gonna be a racial situation, and it's they're gonna be off people's heads. And and do you really want to take that on? Is he good enough? to take that on? And the answer is no. When he last played, he was a fringe starter. He was beaten out by Blaine Gabbard. He eventually got the job back, had minimal success, but they were a losing football team. So for me, I just don't find it, it's not worth it to take on the noise, right? If you are a team um, who's just really, really bad, right? So like Miami, to me, is really the only team I can say I would take that on, right? Like, Fitzpatrick's their quarterback, not the guy of the future. And let's say you want to sell some tickets or get some pub. Then you take a guy like Colin Kaepernick on, you put him in a starter, let him sick or swim. Um, But for these teams that are, you know, in contention... You wouldn't want to do that. You don't want the noise surrounding it. And it was the same thing with Tim Tebow. Well, why would I want my backup quarterback to get this much publicity, this much noise, if the starter isn't performing? Then he's gonna to have to hear the crap because you know they want the other guy. You know, no for no particular reason. And that's a huge part of it for me. And obviously, like I said, he's had missteps. He was offered jobs. It's just he wanted. Big time starter money. And that's not what he was at the time. You know, he wore the pig socks. Um, he had the situation with Baltimore. Ray Lewis was really, you know, pushing for him to get the job. And I think he was going to get the job until his girlfriend posted on social media that the owner, uh, you know, was a slave owner and you know, it had derogatory things to say about Ray Lewis. That... You know, it pushes people away. People get worried about that because let's just be realistic: that in 2019, as a white man, a big fear is being called a racist because you can't take that back if that's what you're labeled as, and so people are people are scared of that. To be honest with you, so I think that's also another factor, and this weekend proves a big point to me. And I'll finish with this is that the NFL scheduled this workout. Now, I'm not going to get into whether it was for him set to fail or whether they had a waiver situation, which seemed standard, but apparently him and his attorney had an issue with it. He changes the, the scene of the workout last second. He wasn't happy with it. He goes work out, blah, 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 mixed opinions, whether it was good or whether it was not. He then, after the workout basically has a single press conference with nobody really asking questions, him just talking and, and really goes out to the NFL. So for me it's like if you really wanted a job, right? Like he could have a job if he wanted to. All he would do is is tell these owners or take to social media or you know, just just go on ESPN, go on FS one and say, look, I just wanna help a team win. I wanna help groom a young quarterback. I wanna be there in the film room with him because essentially that's what he is. They're not trying to hire him as a as a, as a a starter for a, a team in contention. He's a backup quarterback, period, in the story. That's what he is. Like, he'd be a great backup for Lamar Jackson. He could run that type of offense. He could also give him good information because he's played in that Greg Roman-based offense. But I don't think he's that guy. He's not a backup material. He was a guy with you know a lot of talent who was a, a high-end starter at one point but i don't know everybody is not meant to be a backup quarterback as a backup quarterback you're a clipboard holder you're a guy who's going to help out in the film room and it, does he want to do that maybe not and finally he doesn't want to play in my opinion because right now his status in you know in the social world of america is bigger that he's not playing because if he does play and let's just be realistic. He's not going to go set the world on fire. Like, he'll be average at best. He hadn't played in three years. And the last time he played, he wasn't a superstar. So if he goes and plays, okay, and he's average, I think it just fades away. The topic of Colin Kaepernick and him being a martyr, by doing this, it's really a smart play by him. Um, it's gonna actually probably get him endorsement deals and money and, and, and fame, and he's gonna be a martyr and, and will live on, right and wrong or different. It'll it, that's the bigger play and the headier play, in my opinion. That's what he's doing. I don't think he really wants to play. Um, so, you know, I don't think he'll ever play again. Is it wrong? Was it collusion? I don't necessarily know if it was collusion. With Roger Goodell telling, you know, these owners, um, you know, don't hire the guy. I, I I don't necessarily believe that, but it's like I said before. It's so much noise that surrounds this guy that do you want to really take that on? I mean, it's not necessarily him taking a stance on a political, social, or racial issue. It's just because they've had guys that have taken knees and have gotten jobs. Eric Reed, Kenny Steels, it's just he is the 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 you know the picture of taking a knee 3 years ago and do you want to take that on do you want to take that noise on and most people don't and so i don't think he'll ever have a job again in the nfl tom brady 42 years old you can see the decline and it's only natural it's not like a shot at him he's 42 years old i don't care how good of you know how good a shape you're in, how much you take care of your body, and how much you put into it, which he does. I mean, he's his whole life is based on you know his health and wellness and continuing the longevity of his career, and that's great. But there does come a time where it's going to come to an end, and obviously at 42, you're not the same guy at 32. But the big issue I have with the New England Patriots as we're starting to see a little decline, which I'm not panicking about because every year when you look at it, they go through this. But the offenses looked really shitty. I'm not going to put this completely on Tom Brady. I'm actually going to put a lot of this on Bill Belichick. And not necessarily Bill Belichick, the coach, but Bill Belichick, the GM and in charge of personnel. They have not taken advantage of Brady taking pay cuts. I mean, Brady should be making a lot more money than he is. But throughout the years... They haven't supplied him with, with, you know, legitimate talent. I mean, just look at it. Like, if I'm Tom Brady, I'm mad because what's going on here? I'm taking pay cuts, and I'm just getting, you know, average receivers. Uh, Gronk left. You didn't get anybody to replace him in the draft for agency. Like, what's going on here? My O-line is not very good. Everybody's banged up. Injuries everywhere. I think that's the big story. Yeah, he's declined, but there's no weapons to work with at all. Just this week, so Muhammad Sanu was traded from Atlanta, but now he's out. So all you have is Edelman, and I don't even know who the hell's they got. They had Antonio Brown start the season, and rightfully so, they let him go because he's a complete buffoon. Um, Once again, like I said, you have Ben Watson, who just retired. You cut, like, twice. He's your tight end. It's it's just not looking good right now for that Patriots offense, and I don't know what's gonna gonna you know, change it because there's really no help. I know they have the rookie Nikhil Harry, but that offense is complex, and we've seen that it takes time to get acclimated into it. He's not just gonna step in and become some super playmaker for him. There's really no help. Gronk has already said he's not coming back this year. That might have been you know your knight in shining armor. At least maybe they were hoping. Antonio Brown's trying to make his way back, but I don't think that's going to happen. Their defense is stout. Obviously, the defense is really, really good. And I trust them, you know, in the playoffs. But like I said, as far as crapping on Tom Brady, I'm not going to do it just yet. Obviously, he's not the same high level quarterback because he is 42 years old. But he just doesn't have anything to work with. I mean, guys are dropping balls. His O line is like Swiss cheese, basically, at times. Um,. So to me, that's the the, the bigger issue there, um, and so yeah, like if I'm Brady, I I gotta ask Bill Belichick, what the hell's going on here, man? We got nothing to work with. Look at Sunday; they got Dallas. That is going to be a huge game. You're talking about the Dallas Cowboys, America's team, going into Foxborough. I really like Dallas in that game because, like I said, they're very. They're very short handed offensively, and Dak Prescott's been playing pretty good lately. They got that offense rolling. So, will New England score points? I mean, can they move the football? That's going to be a big question. The Cowboys' defense hasn't looked great in the past couple weeks, but neither has that Patriot offense. And so, this is going to be a really, really big game, and in, in a desperation game for the Cowboys, right? I'm not going to say make or break their season, but can really point them in the right direction with a win. So keep an eye on that game, America's game, Sunday, I like the Cowboys in that one. Let's dive into some Saints talk right here. So the Saints were rolling early in the year. Drew Brees was injured. Um, Teddy Bridgewater did what he had to do. Now, he wasn't a superstar. Don't let the media fool you because they're not watching the games. He was fine right, I I don't necessarily think that he's the quarterback of the future, we'll wait and see on that, it just depends on what Sean Payton feels, but, you know, he played well, and the team was rolling, the defense was rolling, Drew Brees came back against Arizona, I was a little worried, you know, because what happens in that game is, he comes back off that injury, maybe a little sooner than we thought, let's say he has a bad game, he can maybe lose the locker room at that point, you know, well, let's say he he shits the bed, has a terrible game. You could have guys in that locker room, because remember, this is a short season. This isn't a, a baseball or basketball where you have 162 or 82 games. It's a very short season. It's very urgent. And your locker room could have just flipped on you and said, man, this looked pretty shitty. Uh, you know, We've been winning with Teddy. But he looked really, really good against Arizona. He looked great. So you're thinking to yourself, okay, they buy a week. They have Atlanta. Atlanta's just hot garbage. They're just going to crush Atlanta, which I thought they would, and didn't go as planned. Atlanta's just a weird team. Atlanta is having a really bad year, but they're really talented. And so it really is head-scratching, right? So they can have moments like that in the season where they're up. It's a rivalry game against New Orleans, um, you know, and and they play great. And they just crush that Saints O-line because they do have a really good front with Vic Beasley and others just rushing the passer. And it played well, and they they really embarrassed the Saints. But my takeaway from that, and I remember saying that after the game, was that this isn't college football, where in college the discrepancy of talent is so wide that, for instance, like Atlanta was like like one in six, right, and the Saints were rolling like eight and one. So like in college, hypothetically, that'd be like Ohio State playing, you know. Purdue or somebody, like, or Indiana, or, I don't know, some crappy uh, Big Ten team like Maryland, and they lose, and they lose by, like, 17. You just scratch your head, and like, what what the hell just happened? But the NFL, it's such, it's so close with the talent. It's not wide. Like, it's inches, not miles like college football. And things like that can happen. And I thought... That was actually a really good thing for the Saints that they got humbled right there because they were rolling, they were on cloud nine, they had they had two really great years, and they were kind of coasting, and that can help a football team in the NFL. It really, really can, and so I'm sure they had a great week of prep, and they went out and you know they beat the crap out of Tampa Bay, and so now they kind of going to get the ball rolling again. They get Carolina at home this weekend. Kyle Allen is starting to fall apart. You're seeing it starting to crumble in Carolina. I'm sure in the locker room, they're starting to question it. Hey, man, what's going on here? This shit was working earlier. It ain't working anymore. I think Carolina's a a team that's trending down. You have them at home. I expect the Saints to win that game. But once again, it's a divisional game. It's going to be close. Ron Rivera has been coaching against Sean Payton for years. So it's going to be close. They're going to be familiar with what's going on. And so, you know, I fully expect it to be a decent game. But I do do think the Saints win it. And I'll continue to point back to that game against Atlanta. Just remember that game. I think that could be the turning point of the season. I'm not worried about home field advantage unless it is Green Bay where you have to go to. If Green Bay gets that one seed, then that becomes a problem. But San Francisco, I'm not too worried about them getting the one and you having to travel over there. Even though the Saints play them in the Dome this year and could control their own destiny as far as getting home field. Um, You know, I still think the Saints are the best team in the NFC, and I expect them to make a really deep run in the playoffs, but that NFC is tough, man. It's so tough. It's so deep. So many good quarterbacks. But like I said, point to that game against Atlanta and just remember it, and I think that's going to be the game that sparked the Saints' run. With the success that Lamar Jackson's having this year, many people think that it's going to change the NFL. Um, he's been absolutely amazing. He's probably going to win the MVP, either him or Russell Wilson, but if he keeps playing on the level he's playing right now, he's going to be you know, your NFL MVP winner. He's been amazing, and you can just tell. He's a guy who's all in. Um, I feel like he's gotten a little thicker, a little bigger in the offseason, put on some weight. He's become a little better thrower. And he's just dynamic in the run game, as we all know. But the, do I think he's going to change the NFL? I don't. I don't necessarily believe that because he's an outlier. He is a freak of nature athlete. I mean, the dude's a legit four three guy. They don't grow on trees. You're not going to find quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson. This is not going to happen. He's a once in a generation guy. Um, do I think that he can have a long career, Drew Brees, Tom Brady-esque, no, I think that you have to, and I, and I think what the Ravens are doing is really, really smart. It's just going all in on Lamar, developing their offense that fits what he does well, and say, you know what, so what? Because many people believe this. Many people, after, like I just said, when you see Tom Brady play till 42, when you see these other guys have these long careers, that you're in it for the long haul, but they're just saying, you know what, we're just going to play this by ear. So what if Lamar Jackson has a, you know, instead of a 15-year year career, has a 6- to 8-year. Let's say he has an 8-year career. Just take advantage of it. Have a great 8-year run. Because the reason I'm saying that is the way he plays, is he still going to be that superior of an athlete at, let's say, 34 years old? Probably not. You'll probably hit a, hit a, hit a ceiling right there athletically. And you'll have some injuries here or there. But I don't blame them at all, man. Go all in. Just just do what you have to do to be successful. And they are. And I applaud that. Now, do I think that's gonna change the NFL? No, I don't, because like I said, he's an outlier. You can't find Lamar Jackson. They're not growing on trees. What I do think though is that the NFL is changing, but not it completely, you know, to where it's gonna be, you know, Lamar Jackson is everywhere. It's just not gonna happen. But I look to Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is actually crushing it. You know, they're he's playing in Arizona, it's very quiet. Nobody's really talking about Arizona. And they're not winning at a high level. Remember, they were the first overall pick in the draft. They took Kyler Murray over Josh Rose because they had Josh Rose and he was a tenth overall selection two years ago. And some people give him crap about it, question the move, right? Kyler Murray is not a big guy, five nine. We've never seen anything like that, except for like Doug Flutie. But he's been amazing. And they're not winning a lot because the roster and the guys around him aren't great. You got a first year head coach who's not doing bad, by the way. They're competing in games, but Kyler Murray can do it. And the reason I'm saying that when I compare him to Lamar Jackson, I think Kyler Murray, he might be a tad bit slower. Obviously, he's smaller. So if I'm talking slower, like Lamar Jackson's a 4 3, Kyler Murray's a 4 4. But Kyler Murray can play, and Kyler Murray is a better thrower than Lamar Jackson. I mean, just look at mechanically. And just arm strength. For a 5'9", dude, he could sling it, man. He's got a hell of an arm. He gets the ball out quick. He's got a lot going for him. He's super, super exciting to watch. I think a guy like that could be the future of the NFL. And when I look to the opposite of when we think about the future and what we have now that we can compare it to, I've been on this horse about Phillip Rivers being the most overrated player in the NFL for a while. He hasn't won anything. He rarely wins the division. He, wear, he rarely wins his own division, right? But everybody, is a Hall of Famer. He, he, he's still really, really good. and Everybody talks him up, and they're almost like scared to talk bad about him. I don't know if it's because he's a, he, he's a religious guy, has eight kids. I'm not sure. But just watch him. He's legitimately a statue back there. Super unathletic, weird throw-in-motion um, very weak arm at this point, that is, he's going to become a thing of the past. <laughs> People aren't going to look for that anymore. Now, what are, what what will GMs and scouts be looking for? It's somewhere in between, right? You don't want a statue. Um, it's going to be hard to find Lamar Jackson, but I keep pointing to the guy LSU, my guy, Joe Burrow, who could do a little bit of both. Like, he's not a 4'3 guy, but he's probably a four seven, four eight. you know, could do something like that, or even Tua, Two is not a blazer, but he's a 4 4'8", guy, just like Russell Wilson, could scramble around, extend the plays. I'm not looking for a guy who's going to bust out 70-yard runs like Lamar. That is hard to find. But the NFL is going to be guys who can make things happen on the fly, still play within the framework of the offense, but, but make things happen. And I think that's the future of the NFL. Even Justin Herbert at Oregon. Bigger guy, and he could move around. Probably a 4-8 guy. And that's what you're going to be seeing. So no, I don't think that Lamar Jackson is going to change the NFL. I'm still very curious to see what happens in the postseason. Let's say they play the Patriots, AFC Championship. Can he have that same success he had against them early on when they beat the Patriots on Sunday Night Football? It'll be interesting to see if he can beat Belichick's defense again because remember, he was having a good year last year, and in the playoffs, the Chargers really stymied him. But it's very exciting to watch. Don't sleep on Kyler Murray. He is an absolute stud, so just keep your eyes on him. Phillip Rivers, uh, don't necessarily keep your eyes on him. He's complete hot garbage. And as far as the, the NFL changing, I wouldn't necessarily say that, but I would say it is slightly going to change in what they're looking for in the quarterback. He won't be the 4 3 guy, it will be the 4 7, 4 8 guy who, like I said, can still play within the pocket because you're going to have to, can, can move around in the pocket and extend plays. That's the future of the NFL. On one of the first podcasts I did, I did a quarterback ranking 1 through 32. So what I'll do here is I'll do a mid-season, little after mid-season quarterback ranking with some of the criteria being QBR, completion percentage, and touchdown to interception ratio, Um, which I think probably those three statistics, those are the three biggest statistics we look at. Also third down percentage, but I'm not going to put it into here. Um, I'm also going to kind of factor in the team success and also where do I, I see those quarterbacks going in the future? How well do I see them continuing to grow throughout the season. So let's start at number 15. I have Sam Darnold. Now, the reason I'm doing 15 and not 16 um, is because, completely honest, I tried to get 16, maybe 17. All these other guys after, after 15 are really bad statistically, and I don't think too good as far as this season's continuing. So at 15, I have Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold uh, misses the first couple weeks of the season with mono, but comes back. He's been hit or miss. He's had some good moments. But what I, what I like about him is the upside that he brings. He's only completing 63%. I'm not going to give his QBR because QBR is factoring really the whole season. And as of right now, he's not very high on QBR because it's not, it's not factoring in only the couple games he played. Um, his touchdown to interception is 11-10, to 10, which isn't very good. But what I'm saying here is I like his upside going forward. Once they kind of figure things out, it's kind of been a roller coaster ride with them. I don't like their receiving core. Their go-to tight end, Chris Herndon, has been hurt the whole year. Um, Just a lot of issues going on with the Jets, but I I do like him individually as a quarterback. So that's why I have him at 15. Then at 14, I have Tom Brady. And a lot of that's to do with just the history of Tom Brady. And I still kind of believe in him to a certain extent going forward just because I like the Patriots. And obviously Bill Belichick, greatest coach ever. I think they're going to figure it out to a certain extent. But he doesn't have weapons like I talked about before. He has nothing to work with after AB left, Josh Gordon left, no Gronk, injuries. Um, you're starting to see that mount a little bit. But QBR at 15, uh, completion percentage 63%, and a 14-5 to touchdown interception. Um, not terrible, but once again, you're starting to see him age a little bit. At 13, I have Matt Ryan. This is, the Falcons are just weird. And Matt Ryan's a guy, he's a good quarterback. He puts up a lot of empty stats. I mean, they're losing games, and they're trailing, so therefore he has to throw the football. And he has playmakers, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, uh, Austin Hooper, the tight ends having a good year. So he's putting up numbers, and when you look at it, his QBR, he's ninth in QBR, his completion percentage is 69%, and 18-9 to touchdown interception ratio. He's not a bad quarterback. I don't think the coaching situation in Atlanta helps him out. I don't love Dan Quinn, and he's on his last leg. He's going to be gone through this year. Um, Matt Ryan, he, he could be one of those guys I was talking about of, of quarterbacks of the past as far as not being very mobile, um, but still an effective quarterback. At number 12, I have Jimmy Garoppolo. They're winning a lot of games, and he's coming off that ACL, so give it time. And just remember, he has, he's not a very seasoned quarterback. Now, I know he's like 26 years old, but he sat behind Tom Brady for a while. And he was injured. He was injured a lot. Um, So just kind of wait it out. Play the long game with Jimmy. He's going to be fine. He's going to be really, really good. Just remember, 26. And As far as mobility, he's able to move a little bit. Um, Obviously, durability is something just because he's been hurt often. But he's looking good so far this year. He's a little loose with the football, throws picks here and there. But he's going to get better with that. He's got a great coach in Kyle Shanahan who's going to help him out. Um, Statistically, 13th in QBR. Completion percentage is 68%, and he's 18-10 to touchdown interception. Not bad. A little too much picks. Um, He'll improve, though. Just don't sleep on him. Don't crap on him. He's going to be completely fine with Kyle Shanahan. Then, at number 11, I have Derek Carr. Played really well this year. Love what the Raiders are doing. I'm a Raiders guy just because I like to root for teams that people crap on. People crapped on John Gruden, uh, the decisions he made you know, it's starting to come to fruition. They have a plan. They know what they're doing. And Derek Carr is starting to improve because the last couple of years have been very, very shaky. Statistically, 11th in QBR, 72%, which is the highest in the NFL, completing 72% of his balls, um, pretty good. And a 15-5 to 5 touchdown interception ratio. Um, I think just career-wise, moving to Vegas, hopefully they can help him out in the receiving core, which I think it's okay. It's not great. I think he could use a better deep threat. But as of now, he's he's having a good season. At number 10, I have Carson Wentz. And this is a guy who was really, really high on the beginning of the year. Hasn't played well, but the statistics say he's not doing too, too bad. Look, they don't have much to work with offensively, no run game. Um, receiving core with Deshaun Jackson being hurt, he doesn't have his deep threat. It's really tight end uh, centric with, with Zach Ertz. I mean, Nelson Aguilar, you know. He's up and down, you know. His receivers drop balls. Like I say, there's not much to work with, in my opinion. Um, but but he's seventh in QBR. I mean, that's not bad. And then sixty-one percent completion percentage. That's kind of my issue with him. He is he's like a Brett Favre guy. It, it's it's a it's big player bust. He's mobile, which I like. Um, durability is an issue with him. He has been hurt before, and often. He's a guy looking for the big play. I rather the guys who stay in the framework of the offense, sure, they can break out of the play if they need to, Russell Wilson type play, um, but they stay in the framework where it seems like Carson Wentz is always looking for the home run ball, which could be to his detriment, um, but touchdown interception is 16-4, not bad, um, going forward, interesting to see what the Eagles do, man, they're so hot and cold, I, I don't even know what to expect from them anymore. Um, don't love them. Obviously not as high, high on them as I was beginning of the year when I thought they'd make it to the Super Bowl. Um, but Carson Wentz at 10. At number 9, I got Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray, I-, I love watching him play, man. Dude, super athletic. Great thrower of the football for being 5'9". I mean, he's got a whip on him, man. He could throw that football. And he's a speedster. I mean, 4'4 guy, probably legit 4'4". Um, I mean, he's very small. It does look weird, you know, watching him on television. I mean, 5'9 guy. I don't don't think I've ever seen that except for Doug Flutie. Um, 10th in QBR, 64% completion percentage, 14-5 and touchdown interception. Not bad, man. And the future is so, so bright for this guy. And he's, to be honest with you, people love Lamar Jackson. I do too. But if you told me which guy I want to watch more, it's Kyler Murray, man. I love watching this guy. At number 8 very quietly building himself back up and having a pretty good year is Kirk Cousins. Eighth in QBR, 70% completion percentage. Pretty damn good. And check this one out. Touchdown interception, 21-3. I mean, ever since that Chicago game where people were crapping on him, and rightfully so, he was dog shit. Um, The Receivers were calling him out, team calling him out, coach calling him out. Man, he has stepped it up. 21-3? That's ridiculous. I mean, they're winning games... But here's my deal: why I don't have him higher. Because statistics show that he should be like a top five, top three guy. I don't like what I see going forward just because the track history I have on him isn't great. He, he doesn't not necessarily say choke, but he shrinks in the big moments. And here we go. Big moments are coming up in the season. They're going to get Green Bay in a big game at home to see who wins that division. They got Seattle on the road. Can he step up? Now, he's won in Dallas Let's see what he does the rest of the way. But as of right now, Kirk Cousins at 8. But, but he, he is playing a lot better. I give him that. Drew Brees at 7. I'm not going to give you statistics on Drew Brees because he's only played like 3 games. But I love what I see from Drew. They had a poor game against Atlanta. I'm not going to completely put that on him. The O-line was decimated. They got destroyed. Um, and when you're a guy like Drew, 40, 41 years old, not too too mobile, you got to trust that O-line because you're a pocket guy. You won't be able to move out of the pocket. Um... Still has a little left in the tank, and I just trust him, and that's why I have him at seven. Love him. Obviously, I'm a Saints fan. Um, And going forward, I trust him and Sean Payton, so that's why I have Drew at seven. And at six, I got Deshaun Watson. Love Deshaun. He shrunk a little bit in that that Baltimore game, but kind of bounced back the other night against Indianapolis. Um, It's interesting with him and Bill O'Brien. Does Bill O'Brien continue at Houston? How's that relationship working? I don't know. Is it playing to his strengths? It's very interesting to see. Um, but he's had a great year. Statistically, fifth in QBR, 69% completion percentage, 20-7 and seven touchdown interception. Pretty damn good. And I'm a huge fan of his, and I think he's going to be highly successful in the NFL because, like I've said previously, he's a good in-between. Really good runner, probably a 4-6, maybe even a 4-5 guy. Not a blazer, um, but could still play within the framework of the offense, can make things happen on the fly, and could play in the pocket. Then, I got Dak Prescott at number five. People crap on him all the time. Dude, he's having a good year. And he deserves a new contract. He deserves a lot of money. So many intangibles to him. Great leader. A winner. And the face of the franchise. Always says the right things. And he's having a really, really good year. He's got, a, he's got a head coach problem. Jason Garrett's just average. I mean, just it is what it is. He'll win games. He's not bad. He's not terrible. He's not great. You need to make a change. End of the year, there has to be a change made Get this man a really good coach. Get this roster a good coach. That roster is loaded. Talent everywhere. You have to maximize it while you can. And Jerry Jones needs to pull a plug on this at the end of the year because they're not making it to the Super Bowl. Let's just be realistic. All right. And if they lose this game against New England on Sunday, when New England's very, very short handed, I mean, you have to really question at that point. But Dax had a really great year and he's continuing to grow. All right. Second in QBR. Number two in the NFL in QBR. 67% completion percentage, 21-9. and A a little too much picks, but man, this dude can play. And he's, like I said, he's not a blazer. He's the perfect quarterback for this day and age. Can make things happen on the run. You know, can play within the framework of the offense. Can extend the play. I think he's got a bright, bright future, so I got Dak at 5. I got Aaron Rodgers at 4. Him and LaFleur have bonded really well, have meshed together. Um, and you can see they're having a great year, 8-2 right now. They had a little hiccup in uh, Los Angeles when they played the Chargers. But they're continuing to grow. Um, and, and once again, 35 years old, still playing really well, still making just incredible throws like dimes, just dropping them in there. Uh, stats, see, his QBR isn't very high. I don't know why. He's 14th in QBR, um, 64% completion percentage, 17-2 to two interception, touchdown interception ratio. Pretty damn good Look, statistically, I'm not going to dive too much into statistics with a guy like Aaron Rodgers. They're 82. He's balling. We know what he can do because we've seen it before, so I have him at 4. Lamar Jackson at 3. Third in QBR, 66% completion percentage, 19-5 touchdown interception. Um, I don't have the rushing stats pulled up right now, but obviously pretty damn good. There's not another guy like him. He's been amazing. I mean, he is the key driving force to that team being that successful. And maybe the best team in the NFL right now. Very exciting to watch. Once again, I'm not in love with him throwing the football. But he has gotten better. Um, and he's a winner, man. He always says the right things. You don't hear too much noise from him. Like I said, I'm a, I'm a fan of Lamar. And, and I hope you know he continues success. Well, unless he plays Saints in the Super Bowl. Then otherwise, not so much. Number two, Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes had the, the knee injury but came back after two weeks. Right? Still balling, still crushing it, him and Andy Reid. Um, fourth in QBR, 65% completion percentage, and a 19-2 to touchdown interception, man. How much more can you say about the guy? Really, really good, and obviously he Andy Reid is such a big help with him, and I've said it before. Coach-quarterback pairing is huge. Who are you paired with, and that's going to mean a whole lot of difference. Do you think Drew Brees would be Drew Brees without Sean Payton? Most likely not. And this pairing is great. Mahomes physically is amazing. He's got the tools. He's got the weapons around him. Um, And he's got Andy Reid, who's not the greatest coach in the world, right? He hasn't won the big one per se, quote unquote. But he's been really good offensively with his quarterbacks. And so Pat Mahomes at two. And this is my guy. Um, Russell Wilson, number one. Um, I'm about to talk about the statistics. Obviously, number one at QBR, 68% completion percentage, 20%. Three to two touchdown to interception, that is amazing. If you watch the the Monday Night Football game against San Francisco, I mean, he drove them to win that game. He's amazing, like he's a magician out there, like just maneuvering around the pocket. He never takes big hits. He knows when to run. He just and, and, and deep balls, he just he drops dimes down the field, man. He's a winner, right? You can say cheesy or not or whatever you want to say about Russell Wilson. The dude's a winner. He's going to keep them in the mix. You look at that roster. That roster's not that good. Pete Carroll, good coach. I don't think he's great. He's elevating that franchise to places they shouldn't be, in my opinion. I don't think roster-wise they're as good as San Francisco. Not even close. Not even. Close. I don't even think they're better than, than L.A. And they've beaten both of those teams, right? This dude can play. And if you could kind of help him out in the next couple of years with, with a good draft and some good free agents, watch out for Seattle, right? So I still don't like that defense. Um, not great. Don't love his weapons. We've talked about that. The dude's a winner, and I love Russell Wilson.